Welcome to Bleeding Edge Interviews, where I talk to the people expanding the boundaries of metal and hard rock. So I recently had a little time to sit down and talk with Diana Studenberg of the band Trope, up-and-coming rising stars that they are. The new album, Eleutheromania, recently released at the end of March this year. We had a lovely little chat about how they developed the music for the album and the process between when they started and when they finally released and what they're doing now. And here is how that interview went. So here we are, back on Bleeding Edge. I'm Super Dave. As promised, we're going to be speaking this evening to Diana Studenberg. I'm going to hope I said the last name correct. It's the first time I've said it in public. Did I get it? Yeah, you got it perfectly. <laughs> As promised, okay. Diana Studenberg of Trope. They have a new album out, Eleutheromania. I, I got to say, it's probably the first time I've listened to an album in recent memory that I've literally had to go to Google twice to look up the meanings of words. Uh, you guys are pulling out the vocabulary. I, there had to be a, a thesaurus in the studio, I imagine, the whole time you were recording. Funny enough, there wasn't. But <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So welcome. Thank you very much for joining me this evening. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Great. So, hey, let's talk about the album. This is your debut. Seems to have been a long gestate, just gestating, <laughs> pardon me, debut. Uh, if I understand, pre-production started 2017, but singles started dropping in, in video form as early as 2019 uh, with Lambs. That was the first one, if I'm not wrong. Um, mm -hmm. So was this always something that was anticipated to uh, be a fairly long process? Uh, was it something where the pandemic contributed? Because I know that's been tripping a lot of people up. But, you know, was it shifting gears along the line or was it a combination of a bunch of things? Well, we finished the album uh, back in 2017. Uh, we, we'd we gone into the studio with the demos were all pretty much, oops, sorry. The demos were pretty much um, all created. And uh, so the main thing that we did in the studio was just record. And I finished up some lyrics. So the album has been done, been finished for quite some time, but we were advised by different team along our path to not release it at different points mm -hmm. until finally we we just decided, you know, now is as good as time as any to release it. And we wanted to get it out there. We wanted the metaphorical bird to fly free from its cage in the spirit of the album name. So absolutely. And um I'm surprised if they wanted to delay it. I don't know if they were waiting for some special time to hit, but I mean, it 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 sounds so very polished. There's nothing where I listen to it and go, ah, you know what? Maybe they wanted to tinker with it a little bit, and it needed it, to sound better. It, yeah, it wasn't for the the quality of the recording or the music that they wanted to wait. There was just different reasons, yeah. uh, different strategic reasons. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I, I can't say I've got a complaint myself on this end because. I've heard it, and it, it's an excellent album. It's It's got its own little vibe, and yet you can kind of hear the roots where it came from. I know I've I've heard people kind of throw it on terms, oh, it's like Tool with a female singer and things like that. I don't know if I quite go Tool, but they, there is some of that polyrhythmic vibe and that groove-oriented vibe to it. And it's a little that. It's maybe a little Chevelle because all the songs aren't 10 minutes long like a Tool song would be. <laughs> so it's that. But I, I kind of feel like, you know, you're putting your own um, little stamp on things going on. And so talk about that a little bit. What was that like developing your sound? Where does that come from? And uh, what, 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 where, where do you find your roots? 
Well, where it started was uh, Moonhead had these polyrhythmic tracks all lined up and these demos that he'd crafted and he showed them to me and I, uh, and this is kind of how, how Trope started. I just really loved the music, the, the instrumentals that he'd been working on. And so I started writing melody and lyrics to it. And I didn't at the time have a lot of really influences other than the stuff that I'd listened to in the past, uh, at the time, I was listening to a lot of Nina Simone and Jeff Buckley, mm. which isn't um, anything in this realm at all. So I just uh, it just gave me a chance to kind of express some ideas that I've been holding on to for a while and to try to make them kind of fit into this landscape. You know, that's that was that was polyrhythmic and, and evolving. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of we have a lot of influences from the alt rock nineties movement. So some of the influences you hear are in there and they're accurate. And then some of the stuff like Moonhead's a huge fan of Peter Gabriel. And so we, we, we do like a lot of eclectic different types of music that have in different ways kind of gone into this, maybe not as obviously as others. Right. Well, and, and I think when you describe that, that influence from like Peter Gabriel and things like that, I think that really plays in well then with, the track that we just let in with, which was your cover of Shout, which I, I am a big, big fan of, of taking songs that were unexpectedly would be turned into some sort of hard rock or metal song. I love that. That's really actually one of the tr one of the tropes huh, of my show <laughs> where we literally fit in a, what I call a crazy cover once a week where somebody takes something in a completely unexpected, very hard edge direction. So I love what you did with that. Nice. So, um, you. yeah, you can sort of sense that. And uh I love that idea that you're bringing these diverse uh, influences into something and melding it into this this hard hitting sound. It's not an easy thing to do. Thanks. So, all right. So, and and that interesting to note. You know, somewhere along the line, uh, for for a band that literally released its its first album just what last month. I forget what date it was. Like the sixteenth. Yeah, or March thirty first. Thirty first. Yeah, okay. it just came out. So you just released that. You're already garnering some serious uh, high power attention. I mean, just in fact, the people who you worked with, you know, Mike Fraser and you know, who's worked with, I think, like Metallica and, and folks like that and, and David Betrill and Ted Jensen, who I think worked with Peter Gabriel, if I'm not mistaken. And going by memory here, I should write some things down once or yeah. once I'm old and I forget <laughs> things. Um, but okay. to pull in this high power production team with your mm -hmm. demos, what do you think drew them in? What do you think was it that, that got these guys involved? I think that with, well, with Mike, we, we had sent him some of the demos and he just really responded to the music, which was really great. And he, he said that it was something different than most of the things that come across his, you know, quote unquote desk. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was really the music. And then the same thing with David Bottrell. And I think because we had those two, uh, you know, powerhouses on board then Ted Jensen like you know actually considered listening to to the stuff and uh yeah I mean I, I think it was nice like they all responded to the music itself right well and and that's the, I guess that's the best thing you know to have those people lend their their power and their credibility to something based solely on your talent you know like sometimes it's a matter of oh you got some connections and so and so knows so and so and all that you know, to, to hear you guys yeah. pulling that in purely on the quality of the music speaks volumes. So, you know, kudos to you, you for, for selling it on talent alone. 
Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's no it was definitely people. a lot of hard work. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So, so what was it like working with those guys? You know, when you look around, you go, oh my God, I've got this high powered team coming in here. I, I, I can imagine that being intimidating a little bit for somebody that's uh, basically a newcomer to the field, to the business. What was that like for yeah. you? I, I mean, it was, it was really amazing. It was an amazing experience. And uh, you know, our, our producer guitarist Moonhead, um, he produced the album uh, alongside with, you know, Mike Fraser Engineering and then David Bottrell Mixing and Ted Mastering. And he'd had uh, a lot of experience before. He'd co-produced another album with uh, Ben Mink, who worked on Feist. And so it was nice because, you know, he because he had uh, experience previously, it wasn't like we were just walking in cold, you know, right. Um for myself personally, you know, the experience of spending 50 days in a studio to record an album was a new experience. So it was just amazing, though. I mean, Mike didn't give off any kind of energy of, you know, intimidation. I think it was just it was really just a, an awesome collaborative spirit. And uh, and I think what really stood out was his attention to detail and his ear for frequency and tone and timing. It was amazing. Uh, he was just uh, extremely in tune. And then uh, with David Bottrell, we actually didn't work personally with him because we were in Vancouver recording the album and he's in Toronto. So then we sent him the, um, the, the, the stems and he then went ahead and mixed it, mixed it. And then Ted was in Nash, uh, sorry, New York at the time. And then he went ahead and mastered it. But even the long distance kind of um, relationship was, was still great, you know, in an ideal world that would, it would be awesome to have everyone in the same room. Yeah. But that's not always an easy thing to do with schedules and, you know, people living different places and stuff. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's a way of life in the last year. So, you know, you, you guys got to have practice. the norm. Yeah. 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 You had practice. There's other people that they had to do all their albums from start to finish that way over the past year. I'm kind of curious because yeah. I, I can imagine at some point in time, there were plans in your mind of what 2020 was mostly going to look like that that didn't turn out the way you expected. How did the pandemic the pandemic force you guys to, to shift up what you were doing? How did that redirect your energies? Well, it redirected our energies in the sense that we were we had some tours that we were going to be going on that obviously got canceled. Mm -hmm. And so it um it, it inspired us to release the album, to be honest. And I know that sounds like a weird timing because we couldn't just directly tour it after we released it, but I think we wanted to offer it up and just to really start sitting into the next album. And it, it's been hard to do that before releasing this one, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so now that we've done that, we've been in, in full on writing mode on this next album with a lot of new ideas and it's definitely taking a more progressive direction, nice. which is exciting for us, but it's exciting yeah. here, especially it's, that's my show. <laughs> yeah, nice. The more progressive you get, the better I like it. And and I heard you mention Ben Mink, didn't I? That's the same Ben Mink who uh, collaborated with Rush, uh, violinist and such, yes? Yes, uh, yes. He's an amazing musician. All right, you, you just went up even a couple more notches in my estimation if you mention Rush, because that's, that's <laughs> my band right there. Nice. So, and you don't get to hear Ben's name mentioned very often. So that was just kind of a cool little Easter egg. Thank you for that. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it should be mentioned more. Yes. And and speaking of Splash, I mean, even going back, and this is now a couple of years ago, while the album was still being worked on, you you folks made it in a list on Heavy Mag's top 40 female-fronted metal and hard rock bands. 
before the album's even out, while you guys were just in the middle of production, that's pretty damn amazing because you're on there with the likes of, of classic luminaries, Lita Ford and Doro and, and more recent folks, Hailstorm and Lacuna Coil and, and Ginger. Mm-hmm. And notably, who didn't make the band, someone like In This Moment, a, a, a band I dearly love, they didn't make that list. You did. So what's that like for you to be getting this kind of recognition? You're, you're, you're already, I think, some other online station has named you their, uh, their band of the month for March. You oh. guys are getting all <laughs> kinds of recognition already. How's that feel to be named uh, like that kind of list already? It feels nice. And I mean, um, I, I mean, I grew up listening to some of those acts as well. Like I grew up listening to, you know, Garbage and Lacuna Coil. And so it was it was really cool. And and Carl, um, who uh, runs Heavy Mag, you know, it, it was nice from the sense that through that we were able to kind of connect. And and he's he was extremely supportive of our first single, Lambs, which came out. And I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it's nice. I think for us, it's always like we just we always have this mentality of like you have to we have to get back to the drawing board, you know, the words never done. So it's um, I think that's what really motivates us. But it's nice sometimes when you're poking out for air after, you know, being in, in the lab to then get some some nice kudos like that. Yeah, I can imagine. And and again, uh, very good company. So you you are off to a flying start. Congratulations on that. Um, Thank you. Very impressive. So you talked about the this future music coming down the road, going to be more progressive. So so what is driving that? You think, and and where do you think it's going to lead? And wow, how long do we yeah. have to wait for the album number two already? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's driving it is just our desire to quote unquote take things for a longer walk. I think uh, I, this first album was very much a homage album and it was just a lot of influences coming out and, you know, a lot of, um, ideas that we'd been wanting to get out there for a while. And so this next one, I feel like we want to get more exploratory with Mm -hmm. and just, um, and a little bit more at times lush and heavier with as well. So we just, we, I mean, we both love, um, you know, uh, what's the word when things are polar opposites, uh, contrasts, mm. you know? And, um, and so I think we're looking to really push those ideas or, you know, emotional thoughts in this album and how long you definitely will not have to wait as long as the last album. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, a pact that we've made is just to, to come out with the next one. We're hoping to have it out by fall 2022. Nice. Excellent. So within about a year. Yeah. I mean, they take really long to write. So we're, sure. you know, but yes, within within a year and a bit, we're hoping to have the next one out. Right. And if I understand, I mean, you're taking at this point, it's going to be a different approach because the first album, if, if let's check my understanding, was basically there was a lot of music already written and you added the, the vocal harmonies and things or not harmonies, but melodies and things like that over top of that. So it was kind of bringing these two pieces together. Mm-hmm. Now I imagine, does that does this now process, has this totally changed your writing style and process it, and your collaboration it, it it has and it hasn't so what what is still the same is that it does it's we are still starting with uh mostly with instrumentals there's only a couple of things where i had a melody that i brought forward and then that let drive the song but uh the difference is is that we're starting with smaller segments mm-hmm. so like in having smaller ideas for me to write to then 
it then that will uh, then inform where the instrumental wants to go from there. Right. So we'll be able to take turns that feel natural. And um, we, we do tend to like to write in a way that you don't hear the math, you know, so to speak. Like we, we want, we still want everything to really flow. Right. Okay. Nice. You know, and, and I look forward to that. I hope, Thank I hope, <laughs> well, I don't hope it goes too soon. I don't want life to go by too quickly. And yet, so now I'm anxious <laughs> to hear more. So, but meanwhile, and, and it's, when I think about that time frame you're now talking about, there's another part of this that actually impresses me because to my knowledge, and I may have to go back and check now, but this is the first time I've noticed that in an interview I'm doing with somebody, that person who is in the music field also has an IMDB listing, Internet Movie Database. So you're on there listed actress, producer, director. You've got all these credits in, in a whole other little end of media that that are uh, you know a little side things going on how how do you fit all that in and and was some of that an outgrowth of having extra time while the pandemic was busy raging because some of that was dated 2020 but i don't know if that's just you know release date or if that's when it was really produced but tell me about that a little bit yeah i i mean it's it, i guess it's a combination of different things i i i done some music supervision, which is its own job at one point, uh, where you help select uh, songs that go into film and TV. And then at a certain, at another point, I worked at a film studio where I got to do some, you know, producer assisting and coordinating on the side. And then um, some of the other credits are just uh, on the music videos that we've produced ourselves. So it, it is, there is a bit of a mix there, you yeah. know. Uh, I guess I'd, I'd taken different jobs in the in the past. Um, just as a means to to help um, you know fund uh, what I'm doing musically and and but still keep it within the realm of entertainment and and creativity, which yeah. is really important to me. All right, so so really very very multi talented is what we're talking about here. You can kind of do whatever <laughs> somebody needs you to do in a moment. Is that it? I don't know. I just work hard. That's all. There's not a lot of there's not a a, a large like um natural born talent it's just a lot of hard work <laughs> <laughs> hey hard work will carry you very far you know it's not yeah. everybody's got the natural born talent but you know again it's uh, if you're able to do yeah. it you know, that's that's pretty amazing it really is i think if you're passionate enough about something you'll you'll just find a way and work hard yeah. you know i really believe in that speaking of passion going back to the album for a little bit because i know the songs, uh, lyrically, the ones I've been able to absorb so far, have a little bit of a, a social commentary kind of angle to them, um, and and there seem to be some there there are messages there, not not grand global messages so much as interpersonal messages. And where do those come from for you? Uh, you know, and and which of those songs would you say kind of fits in there as one that was really your 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 most dear to you your your i hate to say favorite children but your you know which were your favorite yeah. children which one had the the most emotional resonance for you uh yeah i mean they all uh, mean a lot for different reasons mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll narrow it down a little bit so lambs for example means a lot because that was the first trope song that we came up with mm. and that we finished writing and uh and and that was uh uh, I'd taken lyrics that I'd written, some of the lyrics that I'd written years back about just some really challenging situations. And I was able to kind of um, funnel that into that song, which let me kind of express that finally, you know, and uh, another song that I'm 
that I really love is Paradolia. Mm -hmm. um, just because to me, Paradolia is the reminder song, you know, it's the, it helps me kind of sometimes think about the, the ideas and then check myself, you know, just to stay focused or to, um, just to reaffirm your belief in your ability to evolve and that there's hope, you know, and that even though pain change is painful, you know, right. uh, hyperextend is another one um, that's more maybe a bit of a, uh, it brings me to more maybe pained place or something. So they all just mean different things. Planes is another one that I, it's it just uh it, it tips its toe between like just wanting to get lost in creativity and like our earthly bounds you know mm. to to then getting dragged back as we do into reality into having to deal with life and just you know the challenges that come from that but they all kind of have mean different things so it's it, it is hard to narrow it down but um yeah Right. <laughs> I'm kind of more curious about what you think about it. <laughs> well, I, I, again, having had to look things up and, and, and for those listening who maybe didn't have their dictionary handy, Paradolia is... <laughs> There's not that many creatures <laughs> in the album. <laughs> but more than most do when you consider, you know, some typical rock and roll lyrical fare is a little simplistic by comparison. Um, <laughs> a lot of one syllable words. And here we've got four and five syllable words almost in there. So that's pretty impressive. But pareidolia is the concept of how the human mind will see something and, and, and convert it into an image other than what it is. We'll see images in places where they aren't really existing. So mm -hmm. that, that concept of, uh, as you talked about, keeping yourself grounded and mindful of our perceptions and how they might color how we react to situations and learning to pull back, you know, that's some deep stuff there. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's evidence that you really are thinking very deeply about keeping your focus and keeping yourself Zen-like, I imagine in some ways. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, that's a great, I mean, what you expressed is, is wonderful. And yeah, I think it is challenging um, for some, I know for myself anyways, I, I tend to have a mind that ping pongs a lot and has been extremely self-destructive. So, um, and, you know, there's a lot of just layers of denial and different kinds of things as we try to like grow our, our self-awareness and awareness in yeah. general. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, uh, yeah, it's different songs. Even surrogate touches on that too. Just the, you know, the habit loop or mm -hmm. there's a lot of ideas like that. Yeah. Yeah, how, how we get ourselves trapped in patterns that just aren't very helpful to us if we're not careful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, that 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 level of mindfulness is is a nice thing to see, both as a person, but I the lyrical content. I love that kind of stuff. You know, I like it deep. Oh, that's, that's why great. I'm listening to progressive rock. That's why I listen to Rush. <laughs> you know, nice. and so do you expect that that as you dig into this new album do you think it's going to kind of continue in that vein where you're you're going to be sort of taking up these personal angles or do you expect something different yeah i mean uh definitely like things in some ways are going to get even more personal because i think as time goes on um certain you know things that we experience that that we deem as as maybe very challenging you know um become sometimes easier to talk about because we can peel with time away some of the layers of denial or not wanting to having face something you know so in some ways yes like this next record will get more personal but still broadly spoken about and then in other ways um there's other you know emotional concepts that i wanted to 
look at like just exploring the different <laughs> different aspects of our consciousness and creativity and um yeah i mean i i think every record is an ability is, a, is an opportunity to to learn that's how i see them you know and to grow or to work through issues that otherwise like are really hard to work through you yeah. know and i think the goal is to write about them in a way that's still broad enough such that the listener can tune in and maybe relate it to their experience right do you expect, and again, it's one of the things I almost hate to go back to, and yet it is a fact of our existence over the past year, the pandemic. Do you expect that that has, and do you find it so far that thing is, uh, this thing has opened up some avenue for exploration, some, some new perspective in your mind that you think you're going to oh, see definitely. translated to lyrical content? Oh, it, it already has. Already has yeah. Been. I mean, it, it's, it's just, um, it's just the nature of the beach, like it, of the beach. <laughs> <laughs> You're on my it's show. The, you stumble over words. It's, it's contagious. That's now all. I want to go to the beach. <laughs> yeah, right? It's the nature of the beast. It's like, you know, we are impacted by our, our, you know, the, the realities, you know, that we're all going through and it's, it's already worked its way. I mean, we've all been staring at a phone so much on the screen and that plays, its own kind of havoc you know on on our life in different ways and it's just and i mean it makes you kind of see things through a, a bit of a different lens no, no pun intended even yeah. <laughs> like, literally and figuratively but um so yeah definitely yeah it's it already has i mean i don't know if it's i mean there's still stuff from back when or or like even um you know yeah there's there's a, all kinds of things to draw from and and that's just definitely will be one of them yeah yeah uh, and and it can be both for you and honestly for the listener so many times i'm sure you'll find that there are people that while you're working through your stuff and your thoughts and your emotions you're going to connect yeah. with other people that it's going to help them work through theirs as well because you're going to crystallize their own thoughts and feelings that's really ultimately the the ultimate hope and goal you know i mean it's it's definitely there's it's two pro there's two sides it's like you want to heal yourself and then by um, proxy be able to maybe give words to something that could help someone else, you know, or, or music or just melody or a feeling even. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And I, I don't, like I said, based on what I'm seeing so far, I, I fully expect that's going to continue for you. So that's, that's going to be something to look forward to seeing. So I'm glad to have been able to experience that. I'm kind of curious yeah. because it's sort of one of those things that it kind of dawns on me as you know, I grew up and I'm going, okay, so all the other people I've interviewed so far have been males. And I realize a lot of the music I'm playing, unless I, I sometimes make an intention to do so, will be male fronted. I don't do it consciously, but it's also got a lot to do with selections of music available. And most of the time, when you are listening to female fronted hard rock bands, metal bands, they're, they're mostly in the, in the category of you know, you, you got your sort of blues rock kind of things like Dorothy and Pr the Pretty Reckless. You've got the real hardcore, more kind of metal things like in this moment. You've got then not big here in this country. I'll play them sometimes. You get into the symphonic metal, and that's where you see a lot of female fronted bands, all those European mm -hmm. bands you know, from Lacuna mm -hmm. Coil to Within Temptation. And Nightwish. And yeah. Nightwish and all that. Right. They've got all these operatic vocalists and things like that. And mm -hmm. it, it, it kind of hit me. You guys would seem to be the first ones I really would say fit into that alt slash progressive metal vein. Like I, I honestly, it's it, it like, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. But that's so cool because it's like you know what? Why haven't there been more women doing this? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. I have no idea. 
And yet for you know. at some point, you get lumped in with all these other female fronted bands. And I, I got to wonder, does that, is that something that, that sits in the front of your mind? Do you get a little frustrated with it at times that people will differentiate you based solely on this, this gender perspective or, or is yeah. it not something? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it comes with two hands, like with two sides again. Like it's like on the one hand, it's extremely complimentary because anyone they're comparing us to are amazing artists and they've, you know, had this amazing like legacy and career and everything. So there's that. And then it is a little bit frustrating sometimes when you might suspect that it is just a gender-based comparison because of a woman singing like a dark, heavy rock or whatever. Hmm. Um, but I mean, I think I've I've thought it was really strange that there aren't more progressive, like there's a bunch of prog, maybe metal bands, purely metal or or like you're seeing symphonic or all yeah, these yeah. different types of hard rock. But there it is strange that I can't call upon one band that's progressive rock with a female vocalist. Mm-hmm. Um I just hope that I mean Moonhead sometimes jokes with me because he's like, Oh, it's because you like I studied science when I was <laughs> back in school or whatever, <laughs> engineering, but like, it's because maybe you have a, I don't know, but you're I don't a science know what chick. It, maybe <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm not anymore, but like, I don't know what it is. If I just like math a lot or I don't know, but right. I, I just, I hope that, um, I hope that maybe this might, you know, inspire more, but if it does inspire more women to want to do this style of music and that's awesome you know if that's something that resonates with them obviously not just because a woman's doing it but um but yeah i mean it 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 would have been nice in in some ways if i did have more role models that were women in this genre because right now all my role models in the genre are men Hmm. um which is awesome too you know what i mean like i'm sorry i i love (laughs) inclusivity and a lot of my best friends in the world are are mostly men you know so but um yeah i mean we'll see you know there's so much changing in the world as we know as far as like gender gaps go and uh, differences and things like that so maybe i mean you know it's it's you never you don't want to say like maybe you don't want to like on the one hand be like uh, arrogant and say like maybe our band will inspire a wave (laughs) of women in progressive rock but who knows maybe you know Uh <laughs> somebody's got to open that door. Somebody's got to walk through it first. And, yeah, and, and, again, and the bands and that, that come closest are not sounding like you guys sound. You have your own unique sound, which is is definitely different from anybody else. But you're the only ones I think doing the the mining the field where you are. Now I'm curious. You make me wonder because like, oh right. So who are the people you're looking to in this genre that are your idols? Oh well, I mean, in this genre. So I grew up listening to when I was uh, a teenager. I listened to a lot of. Um, dream theater a lot of dream theater and i listened to symphony x when i was growing up i listened to some demo Gourgier and opeth and then uh after that when i you know got a bit older like i i started liking tool and a perfect circle and then i really liked carnival a lot mm-hmm. and i i came upon them not too long ago actually maybe a year and a half or so ago I discovered Carnival and I think they're just wonderful. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah they're, they're they have some songs that are just really beautiful. And, um, and uh, yeah, so, but other than that, I mean, there aren't, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know a lot of progressive rock bands, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I've been learning because we've been getting compared. I've been looking up more right. to be honest with you. So I've been learning about more of them like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you hit that. You had a lot of big names there. And actually, the funny coincidence, you mentioned Symphony X. And this interview got set up because I initially was sort of just following up with their management. And they're like, well, they, they, they got stuff going on maybe down the road. But hey, you know what? There's this band here you might like called Trope. Yeah. Like, Let me yeah. Check so that's out. our management as yeah. well, actually. <laughs> yeah, so I got back to them. I'm like, you are correct. Are they available? Would love to talk to them. So I'm, nice. I'm very glad that, you know, uh, and yeah, really, honestly, when I even think about it, and I hear a woman not only know all those names of those bands, <laughs> but name them as some of their favorites, even in a particular genre, I go, wow, that's unusual in and of itself, because it's not admittedly, you know, everybody used to joke at the Rush shows, there were no women. <laughs> now, I know yeah. that changed over the years. And I saw yeah. that change, but you know, that it's not been a genre that has really drawn the attention of women very much. So you, yeah. you are indeed a trailblazer. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so appreciate it. So going yes. down the road and, and this, this question, I almost forgot this when it came into my head while we were talking, I almost lost it. So being so much, again, I'd like these kinds of things and, and you pulled out a cover of Tears for Fears in the midst of all this heavy rock. Can we expect something like that else down the road? Is you going to pull another one out somewhere, you think? Yeah, yeah. The plan for every album, a moonhead wants to do a, a cover in, in, in every single album. Nice. So, yeah, he, he tends to choose the song. And because I just love his taste, I tend to love what he chooses. Okay. <laughs> so, so and then and, and, and it's a cool kind of opportunity for exploration for me to revisit a song that, you know, we've had a preordained idea from hearing it in its original form and then have to re-explore it and interpret it in our way, you know? So, cool. yeah, there definitely will be more covers. Uh, one per record is the plan. And then and then we do want to do a whole covers acoustic progressive rock album. Oh, nice, nice. One day down the line, but yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, if he's taking requests, The Fix and Nick Kershaw, Right there. Those are my <laughs> okay. requests if you want to get to them down the road. Just trust me. Even if you've never heard of them, trust me. Okay. I haven't, but I'm, I, I have a feeling he might have, so we'll see. <laughs> Fair enough. He's, he's big into the 80s music, is he? Or is, is he a little more towards yeah. that age group, towards my uh, <clears throat> age group? Well, he, he's just more of an encyclopedia, I think, uh, okay. of, of music than I am. Yeah. Cool. I've I've kind of grown up and been in very in like certain routes, you know, like at one point when I was like a teenager, I was just listening to metal and that was it, you know, mm. and then and then at one point it was just alternative rock, you know, so <laughs> when I was a kid, it was everything. But like, yeah. you know, it's just so, yeah, he definitely uh, has a, a really great um, kind of knowledge of, of a lot of different types of music. Cool. Well, it does sound like you guys have a really nice synthesis going on there together where you just both kind of feed in and, and synthesize something that probably wouldn't be the same with other people. You know what I mean? Like you, I, I know there's a big word somewhere. You probably know it and I don't. <laughs> no, you know it's not true. <laughs> I don't um, come up with the song titles, by no, the way, no, for the most it? part. It's Moonhead's fault. Oh, okay. I just write the lyrics. <laughs> gotcha. He's the guy with the thesaurus uh, in his back pocket. Yeah, it's somewhere. And he hears these words in his brain, and then he's like randomly comes up with it. I'm like, what is par? I didn't know what pareidolia meant. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, well, if the next album doesn't have a four-syllable title, one word, four-syllable title, I'm going to be disappointed. You tell him. Oh, okay. Well, then we might... We might uh... <laughs> Challenge. 
Yes, so. he might he might make it a one one syllable word on just purpose, to spite, to me, spite right? you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure I've registered that highly in his life at this point. It's worth putting the effort in. So, so never underestimate their impact. <laughs> so, what was your favorite part of putting Eleutheromania together? I always have to pause for a minute to say that, and make sure I get it right. <laughs> What was my favorite part of like the, the writing process or the CD making process? Well, I guess any of it. What 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 did you enjoy most about that? You know, like what what somewhere along the line you came away with a memory, I'm sure, that really was rather indelible. And what do you think that was? I think I as a like in a broad strokes way, I think I just love those moments where you land on something that you feel is going to work because it's not easy to necessarily do that in like the way that we're doing it anyways like it's just so those moments are always really nice and then to feel like you know like you like i like i finally know what this song is about or wants to be about is really nice because then that becomes like an like an avenue that at least you're on a road even though you might not know where it's going but you know that you're going to be able to maybe express something or learn something through it but um, I think the studio was just really a wonderful experience. Just being able to sit in all the instruments, playing their parts and just hearing it over and over again was just a wonderful experience. And having the, you know, the 12 hour days every day for like 50 days, wow. I just loved. Yeah, it just uh, never got old, never got tiring. It was just amazing to just sit in something for that long, you know? Yeah. Um, so that part of it, I think, was my favorite part. Yeah. If you love it, it's not work, right? Yeah. Exactly. Sounds like you love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. So, all right. So other than working on the new album, any other plans in the in the making? Anything else we should look forward to? Uh, any chances that you've had preliminary talks about live performances anywhere yet? Yeah. I mean, we've been trying to figure out uh, how, how to play. I mean... So uh, our booking agent is currently, you know, putting us out for, for some stuff and we're on our own end looking for different opportunities. And in the meantime, we'll be shooting another video shortly and uh, we're releasing another video for our song Surrogate, oh, good. which is a dance video, which was a, a really fun experience. We'd shot it um, pre-COVID when we were in Los Angeles and we just asked a bunch of random people that we didn't know who never heard the song to come and just freestyle and like interpretive dance to it, you know? And so we kind of, uh, we cut something together and uh, Moonhead had cut, cut of the video, shot it and cut the video together. And um, yeah, it just, um, it just, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of its own little thing, you know, it's just a different, uh, it's like, you, I don't know. Yeah, it's not one of those standard performance videos or big fancy like stages. It's just a very simple like video showing people's expressions, you know, freely expressing themselves, whether they're professional dancers or not, doesn't matter. Right. You know, well, we've had some people that were really not professional at all, but it was yeah. just a chance for them to let go and feel like free. That's so creatively unexpected on a band playing this kind of music. You know, when, when you said it's a dance video, I went, wait a minute. Let me think back. I don't recall a dance track on the album. I went, oh, okay. Yeah. I understand now. Wow. I'm like, I've never heard of that being done before. So, you know. I, that, I think we, cool. we had a, yeah. I mean, we had a few ideas for Surrogate. We also had this idea of creating like this really kind of big ballroom dancing, um, you know, video to it because it is a bit like of a waltz in a way. It's like 
like it's kind of like waltzes a bit you know so we thought that would have been really cool as well but that you know maybe in the future we'll release a second video as well for it (laughs) that would be awesome and now when i go back and listen to that song that's going to be in my head and i'm going to start to hear the rhythms differently than i did last time i'm sure So one thing, I wouldn't claim to be a drummer, but I did drums. So that's kind of where my head often is. So that's I really cool. End up yeah. hearing all the beats, which is probably why I'm a lousy dancer. I love the syncopated rhythm. So I'm always on the wrong beat. Yeah. <laughs> the off beats. <laughs> yep. Love those off beats. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> so wonderful. Well, anything else you want us to know about Trope at this point in time? Anything else? I haven't hit on that I probably should have brought up. I think, you know, I I loved your questions. I thought they were amazing. And I really enjoyed talking with you. I thought, I mean, it seems like you have a really good mind for, I mean, just different ideas and your own, you know, just the way you interpret music. So it's, uh, no, I I mean, yeah, I think you covered it all. Well, thank you. I I appreciate that. I, I like to think I am. I'm always, I'm one of those ones always moving forward. You know, I, I won't listen nice. to a classic rock station, not because I dislike the music, but because I've heard it all so much. I need new. I'm always looking That's for new. Awesome. You guys are new and you took me somewhere I hadn't been before. So I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, keep mm-hmm. that up. And I, I look forward to you expanding and, and taking it further than, than, than you did the last time. So I like that idea that you're just looking to grow more. That's to me what it's all about. And, and if you stop yes. growing what are you doing, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> at least if you're trying to, it's very hard to change. But if you're at least hoping for it, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I you guess know what? that's one part of the process. <laughs> if Neil Peart, after all the years he was drum god, could go back and relearn technique to improve himself, there's no excuse for anybody else not to. That's, that's how I look at it. So, you know, kudos to you guys. I look forward to the future. You're going to be getting airplay on my show. I'll guarantee you that. Thank you. And Thanks, Dave. I look forward to new music from you down the road. I look forward to hopefully getting to see you live. That would be wonderful. And that would be, that will be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I wish you all the best. I hope the album takes off. It looks like it's getting some great attention. So you've, you've, you've got the doors open and, and I hope it just picks up momentum from here. And I wish you guys nothing but the best. Thank you. You're Thanks for, for playing the music and for interviewing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Glad you were available. Thank you very much. And hey, you guys take care. Thank you. You too. Thank you. And there you have it. So the new album, Eleutheromania by Trope is out now. You can find it anywhere you buy music. I encourage you to give it a listen. Check it out. It's available on streaming platforms as well. See what you think. Support the band. Buy their music. Until next time, remember... Close your eyes, you will find all you need in your ears. This is Super Dave signing off.